herself up. And I don't know about you, but I need to be built up. I, there's, there's times that I'm down and I'm out, and nothing else is good for me but the Holy Spirit. Because I begin to pray, and the Spirit begins to pray through me, and it builds me up. I've been driving down the road and begin to pray in tongues and pray in the Spirit. Because I, I don't know what to pray about, but I just, I just need to pray, and I, don't, I just want to let the Holy Spirit pray. It is amazing how my spirit, my, my, my earthly spirit here begins to lift and how I go, oh, you know, I don't know what, what I'm saying, but, the, but God knows and he's, he, he's been, the, what did this say? The spirit knows the will of God. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying in the will of God because he knows the will. You don't have to question it. You don't know what to pray about. You've got a decision to be making. When you pray in tongues, then then you don't have to worry about it. He knows, and he's praying for you. Now, a lot of people says, yeah, but pastor, it says, but he who prophesy, prophesies edifies the church. And that is correct. It didn't say that you don't, you're not supposed to speak in tongues. You could also hear, you could say, uh, you, you could say this, this word, but, could be speaks in, you speak in unknown tongues, edifies edifies himself, or, for otherwise, or, if you, if you prophesy, you edify the church. It didn't say, so don't do this. As a matter of fact, you go on down, and he says in verse 5, this is the Spirit of God speaking through Paul in this writing here. I desire that you all, not one, not, a, not two, but all speak in tongues. But, even more, I hope that you prophesy. What we talked about prophecy last week, there's foretelling and there's foretelling, right? So, foretelling, preaching the word, letting the Holy Spirit come through you and giving you wisdom, uh, wisdom as you preach the word, whether in a pulpit or on the street or in your, in, your, uh, uh, in your place of employment, but God supernaturally speaking through you, speaking through you. But the thing is, is speaking in tongues, it builds us up. It builds us up. Now, in Jude, and I don't think I've got that back there, guys, but if you turn over to chapter, well, there's only one chapter in Jude, so you could turn to Jude. And it's verse 20. I'm flipping over there. Let me get my spot. And he says, But you, beloved, build yourself up in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. So here, this is what I'm saying. Here he's telling us, pray in the Spirit. And then, this is really cool. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. And you'll have to punch that in because I don't have that in back there either. But you flip over to Ephesians, excuse me, chapter 6. I said chapter 5, chapter 6. And start in, in verse 10. And I want to show you how important praying in the Spirit is. Because a lot of you have read this passage, but you may have not understood a little bit of this. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, but put on the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So we want to put on the full armor of God because we're battling not against flesh and blood. We're battling against unseen things, things that we cannot see. All right? That's why we want to put on the full armor of God. Let's get that there. He says, verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So you want to put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. Stand therefore having your waist guarded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and above all, take the shield of faith, which, with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And here it is. Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. So when we talk about putting on the whole armor of God, the way we communicate, we put on the whole armor of God, but he says, to battle against things we cannot see. Let me ask you something. If you don't know what is happening in the unforeseen world, and he knows, shouldn't you allow him to pray through you and let him do whatever he needs to do? A pastor that, that, that I listen to a lot in, in another state, he's, he's got a large church, and he was a Baptist evangelist. I may have talked about him before. He was a Baptist evangelist who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and he, said, he, he said that he would begin to pray before he knew about this stuff. He, he said uh, he did a sermon series called The Gas because I want that power. And we talked about that duminous power before in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I will say, all of this, all of this leads to salvation. And what I mean by leads to salvation is that I mean that every aspect of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Christ. It's not so that he can be glorified. It's not that so he can be, he wants to point people to Christ. Because without the shed blood of Jesus, we are all dead, dying, and going to hell. Amen. And when we forget that, when we start to think that the Holy Spirit is for our good only. No, it's for us to be empowered to be witnesses. And I will, I'll, I will say this until, until the Lord comes back. That's what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is about. Receive explosive power to be witnesses. And I don't care how big of church we become. I don't care how many people come into our church and how on fire for God, you know, speaking in tongues and doing everything else that they are in their life, if they're not leading people to Christ, then there's an issue. Because you don't receive power so that you can sit on it and feel good about yourself. Like one, one preacher's wife said, just, you've come to church this morning because God wants to please you. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but that's what she said. And I'm like, what? You come to church so that God, God can please me. I come to church so hopefully I can do something for the Lord so I can please God. So in all of that, remember, remember that. Now, let me find my place here. One of the things that, that I believe, though, too, is when you're praying in the Spirit, you can ask God 
to give you wisdom. And sometimes the Lord, and maybe many times the Lord will give you wisdom about what you're praying about. Okay? So you don't have to always just pray in the Spirit and be like, oh, I don't know what I'm praying. Sometimes the Lord, a lot of times the Lord will give it. But I love this. He says, what then if I pray in the Spirit and I will pray with understanding too? I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding too. So there are two, two ways to pray, right? Most of the time we get together and pray. Today when you got in a circle and prayed, you probably were praying in English or in Spanish, whichever you were wanting to pray in this morning. You were praying with your understanding. And he says, hey, I'm going to pray with my understanding, but I'm also going to pray in the Spirit. And what, here's what I love, because a lot of people, you don't see this a lot. He says, yeah, I'm going to pray, I'm going to sing in my understanding, but I'm also going to sing in the Spirit. So you can, you can sing in tongues too, as the Spirit gives you the utterance. And remember, always remember, when the Scripture talks about this, it's as He does it, not as you do it. Remember, the manifestational gifts of the Spirit are His, not yours. And the same here, He does this, you don't do this. And, and so, I just want us to remember that. He said, verse 18, this is what I, I, I've always thought was really cool, because I like to, I'd like to be able to say this. I don't know that I do, but Paul he never, he never detracted. He never said, don't do it. As a matter of fact, he, he says in here, to not forbid speaking in tongues. There are churches that forbid speaking in tongues, and that goes contrary to Scripture. But he says, I thank my God, verse 18, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. So he's proud of it. He's proud of it. Now, here's the, here's, here's the kicker. He says, yet in the church I had rather speak five words with understanding that by my voice I might teach others also the 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So he didn't say, he did not say, I don't speak in tongues. He said, but when I'm in church, so when you're on the platform, when you're up here preaching or singing or whatever, he says, I would rather speak five words of understanding so people will understand what I'm saying. And let me give you an example. The great revival that happened in Pensacola, Florida. I learned a lot because the Holy Spirit really moved. Lots of people baptized in the Holy Spirit at that revival. Lots of salvations happened. People were going out. This is back when pay phones were around. <laughs> there ain't no pay phones anymore. You got to have a cell phone. Then you got to pay for that, you know. Pay phones. They would line up at these pay phones after services and call their, their spouses, call their moms, call their dads. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. God was doing amazing things there. But the Brownsville Assembly of God leadership taught their prayer team. And you go, I've never heard this before. They taught their prayer team. When you pray for somebody, we don't want you, because it'd be two people praying for one person. There are thousands, 100, over 100,000 people got saved in this revival over seven years. But they said, Here's what we want. We're going to have two people praying. One stands behind the person, one stands in the front. But you can't pray in tongues. You can't pray in tongues. Now, I know that doesn't sound too spiritual to some of you, but I thought that was the most smart. And I was, I was young. I was only about 18 when I went, 19 when I went to this revival. But I thought, that is smart. Because, because somebody's not trying to emulate you you're praying for what they asked to be prayed for. You ask for. Now, I'm not saying that you can't pray for somebody and, and pray in tongues when you pray over them, but let me tell you something. If they don't understand what you're saying, they can be very encouraged 
by hearing you speak in the language they understand, okay, they could be very encouraged by that because they hear what's coming from your heart and what you're praying to the Lord. So if Will comes up and Will's going through a situation, no, there's nothing wrong with me praying in tongues over him. But if I specifically, because he's told me what's going on, if I specifically begin to pray and say, Lord, I'm coming to you with my brother, and together we're coming right now, we're praying for this situation, and we start to pray together about that, and he hears that. I don't know about you, but it encourages me to know that that person really is thinking about me, and they're really calling out to God about me right at that point. It really encourages me, and many of you have. Many of you, you, you've prayed for me, and I love to hear when you're praying. And it, maybe I'm not supposed to, but I love to listen to people pray when they're praying for me. Sometimes I love to be silent and listen to them, and what are they saying to the Lord for me right now? What are they praying about, about me right now? So, so don't think that it's unspiritual if you don't speak in tongues, and don't think that you're wrong if you do speak in tongues, but at the same time, Let's do it all the way that the Lord wants it done in an orderly manner that is glorifying him and that helps the person that is there in front of us. In front of us. Now, when you come together, when you begin to worship together, that's what I'm talking about decently in order. When you begin to worship together, it needs to be done in a way that flows in a way that people understand. So verse 26, he says, How is it then, brothers, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation? And he says, Let all things be done for edification. All things be done for edification. So when you come together, it's not about you. And the Corinthians, it was about them. And you go, well, that didn't happen in church. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. People will come into church, and, and Christy could tell you some stories because she grew up in, in, in a really, you know, uh, a really Pentecostal oneness church. But people come in, and, and one thing, <laughs> Christy would always say this because they, they grew up with buns on their head, you know. The, all, all the women had, the, the, the adult women would wear buns. And, and they, she said it was like it was a contest of who could shout the, shout the bobby pins out of their hair first, you know. Who was more spiritual? They're shouting, the hair's flying out, you know. So yes, do people come in and try to, do, do people try to, to put the show in for them so people can see them? Yes. Sadly enough, sometimes it's the pastor who wants to put on the show. We should be coming together in this service to build each other up. And we should be praying to build each other up. So it doesn't matter who gives the psalm who sings a psalm. It doesn't matter who does the prophesying. What matters is that it's done the way God wants it done. And it's done in his order so that it affects the people the way it's supposed to. We don't need competing, we don't need people competing in the altar, in the pews. We don't need people competing that way. Now, one of the things that I haven't talked about when we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I want to explain this. So I want you to listen really closely to this. Because everybody in here maybe has been raised a little bit differently. 
When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we teach, I teach, and I believe from Scripture. Because when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues. We, we talked about that a few weeks ago. There's three or four times there. They begin to speak in tongues. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, now listen, the initial physical evidence, you have to put those in with what I'm fixing to say, because people will take what I'm saying out of context. The initial physical evidence is speaking in tongues. You go, well, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to argue with you. I haven't spoken in tongues. I'm not going to ar- argue with you. All I'm going to ask you is what is the physical evidence because the physical evidence in the scripture they spoke in tongues all right so the initial physical evidence is speaking in tongues and i've had people say well i I was baptized in the holy spirit and i spoke in tongues later i'm not arguing about that okay i think that uh, you can make that case that's fine but the initial physical evidence of the baptist holy spirit is speaking in tongues doesn't mean that you're not That's between you and God. All I know is that when that happens, there's not a question. If I give you chocolate milk and it's white, you're probably going to go, but what's the evidence this chocolate milk is, you know, it's white. I don't think it's chocolate. Well, it's white chocolate. (laughs) White chocolate milk. (laughs) Sometimes I come up with the dumbest stuff, but that is kind of funny. White chocolate milk. Do they even, is that even a thing? I don't think you can make white chocolate milk, can you? I know you got white chocolate, but (laughs) that's just got to be sugar. That's just milk with sugar poured in it, right? (laughs) Where was I going? I just really lost track of where I was headed there. But anyway, in, in all of this, in all of this, the, you can receive. And I would say, you say, well, why? I've told people, I, I can't tell you why. I can tell you what the scripture says. Well, why? Would you receive it? Then you can, you, you can find out. I remember a, a, these two young people. We went to a church, and this church didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've told you about this church. I may have told you this story. But these two young people were there, and I saw God all over them. But I knew there was something missing. They loved the Lord. They were on fire for God, but I knew there was something. And so I says, will you come over to the house? I'd like to talk to you. And I just opened up the scriptures to these two young people. They had never heard anybody speak in tongues in their life. They had never watched any TBN or anything like that. They'd never done any of that, okay? And I said, and I read this, and, and I showed them what the scripture said, and I said, do you want everything God has for you. And when I pray for people, I say, pray not to speak in tongues. I never tell people to pray to speak in tongues. As a matter of fact, if you're praying for somebody, if you're in these altars, I don't, you don't need to be up here coaxing somebody. Come on. Oh, it, come on. Come on. This, it, the speaking in tongues doesn't, isn't what you're looking for. You're looking for everything God has for you. I have seen so many people go to, a, to an altar, be prayed for, you know, they're praying. So you're being, you're being prayed for to speak in tongues. That's the wrong thing. That's not what you're asking. You're asking to be baptized fully with this Holy Spirit. When he does it, you will speak in tongues 
You can't stop it. I'm sorry. It just happens. It just happens. These two young people are in my house. I didn't pray in tongues. All I told them was there's more to this. Do you want everything God has for you? And they're like, yeah, we do. Yes, we do. In my bedroom, folks, is what I say. You don't have to be in church to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One, one minister, he... he his wife woke him up, and I may have told you this story the other week. His wife, well, his wife didn't wake him up, but he got up, and she says, she was smiling. She had this smirk on her face. She goes, he goes, well, what's the smirk about? She goes, oh, you're just funny. She says, I got up last night. I couldn't go to sleep, so I was reading my Bible, and I heard something. I come back in the bedroom, and you were speaking in tongues. So he went to another minister friend of his and he says well what what's going on here he goes oh yeah some of us are just too hard-headed and the lord's got to wait until we get to till we get everything off our mind to fill us up now after that he he continued to let the lord move in him and and uh pray in his prayer language but these two young people were in my house in my in my bedroom and i said do you want everything that god has that's all i'm at all i want you to say is god just pray, God, give me everything. Fill me to overflowing. Give me everything that you have for me. Give me everything that you have for me. Never pray in tongues. Never said, oh, I hear it. Oh, here it comes. I hear something coming. None of that. I just prayed over them. And, and the young lady, the young lady began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave her utterance. On her own. Nobody coaxing her. Nobody telling her anything. What the Spirit of God came in, the joy of the Lord was all into her. It, it was amazing. And the same thing happened with the young man that was there too. He received also. And he had only been a Christian for three months. He was from Brazil. He didn't, he, he grew up Catholic. But he received too. So how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in the tongues? You receive it by saying, God, I want everything I want everything. My, my girls, they, they called, I think it was Abigail that called, anyway, they called for church camp, and they're like, they're like Dad, I, I, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit so bad. I want it so bad. Chloe's got it. I want it. I want it. What do I got to do? I said, nothing. Just say, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. And then that evening they called after, after service. This was a couple years ago. Called after service. Dad, I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got it. I received it. I said, that's exactly right. Because you didn't pray for anything, but God, I want everything. You know, if you really start praying that prayer, it can get a little scary. Because when you really start to believe in, for God to give you everything he has for you, wow. Then you start to say, wait a minute. I have to now walk in him. I've got to walk the way he says. I've got, I've got this dunamis power. Uh, he's expecting me to talk to this person and pray for this person and for things to happen because I have this dunamis power. Oh my goodness, I've got to start. Uh, I, wow, the responsibility. The same thing as, as you, as, as Will over here is responsible for his children and and his family, that responsibility that weighs inside of you. And the more that you receive from the Lord, the more responsibility he has laid on you and he's put on you to do the works that he wants you to do. So I don't want us to be scared 
of the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to be nervous about the Holy Spirit. At the same time, I don't want us to just to be all about the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to just come into service every time and be like, oh, it's, we got to do this. Or the Holy Spirit, if, the, if this hasn't happened, then we haven't had a great service. But I want the Holy Spirit to be able to use and work in us however he wants to do it. And when that person, remember what we talked about, the, when we put on the whole armor of God, he says, praying always in the Spirit. So when somebody comes in, we know that the power of the Spirit's moving, and if they're a drug addict and they sit down on this second pew right here, or at our new location, they sit down there, we know that they can walk out changed and freed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I just want to thank you for this group of people. And Lord, I just want to thank you and worship you and glorify you for who you are, for what you've done in our lives, even this morning. Lord, I pray that we will always be open to receive everything that you have for us. Everything that you have for us. Everything. And that we will understand that all, that <laughs> all good things come from you. The scripture says, Lord, the scripture says that if we, being evil, know how to, do, to, to give good gifts, you said if if our child were to ask for a serpent, we wouldn't give him a serpent. If they, or not a serpent, if they, sorry. If they asked for something, we wouldn't give them a serpent or a scorpion, but we would give them what they needed, Lord Jesus. And that's who you are. And you said in that same scripture, you said that how you would pour out and give us the Holy Spirit. Lord, you're a good father. And we thank you for taking care of us and watching out for us. Jesus, thank you for leaving. You said it was important that you leave so that you could send the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. Holy Spirit, thank you for working in our lives and leading us as we lead people to Jesus. We give you glory in Jesus' name.